Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Turnovers and poor defense plague VGK in a 5-1 to one loss. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco. You could follow us at Lockdown VGK or me at Tony Dasco on Twitter. Chris Golick can be found at TD Chris G on Twitter, like TD as in touchdown, Chris G on Twitter. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen. It is free and available on all platforms. And the Golden Knights, they had won five straight coming into Wednesday's game against Vancouver. Yet the VGK was still on the outside, Chris, of the playoff race. We have been talking about the Golden Knights being on that playoff bubble. And that bubble, to some degree, might have burst on Wednesday night. You know, everything about the Golden Knights looked bad, Chris. The bad gold buckets. The bad defense. (laughs) The turnovers were awful. Goaltending wasn't that great. And all in all, it was a damaging loss for VGK now with just 10 games remaining. The gold helmets in person look fine. Although I did say on TV when I was watching the first period of my, with my family that, I know, just something weird. Maybe uh, the lighting is different. I was actually watching the Vancouver broadcast tonight, and it didn't, didn't look as good tonight, but that might have had something to do with the first and the second and the third period and everything else bad that happened. Yeah, just no emotion, though. Again, you know, when VGK was losing games earlier this season, it wasn't for lack of talent on the ice. And again, you know, this is a game that VGK had to win, must win, and probably had better personnel, you know, than their visiting uh, team there, than Vancouver tonight. But it was just a lack of uh, motivation for this Golden Knights team that that really kind of gets to you. I mean, they were flat uh, other than the Eichel goal pretty much the entire night. So there's a couple ways to take that. Yes, everything you said is entirely accurate. No motivation you know, for a team that is still on the outside looking in, although riding a five-game winning streak, everything went wrong. Now, let's say the game was a bit closer. We lose a two-to-one heartbreaker because, you know, the ghost of Thatcher Demko returned from the bubble two years ago. What's what's the difference, really? So if there's a positive to take away, this is a wake-up call. The wins are not just going to be handed to you because you're, a, you're, you're minus eighty. you know, going into the game against a team you have never lost to in regulation in the regular season. You know, nothing's going to come free. Nothing's going to come easy. And you know, strength of schedule, all that stuff, sure, but that's why we play the games, as Vancouver just reminded us. Yeah, and I didn't like the schedule down the stretch either. Uh, we were mentioning that yesterday, but, you know, now for VGK, with all those teams that have games in hand and that are ahead of VGK now in the point standing, um, it's an uphill battle to get back into a playoff position for the Golden Knights. You know, because here's just my theory. I just felt that they expended a ton of energy to win five straight. Yet, I felt that they could be getting frustrated and lose their edge because they made up no ground with a five-game win streak because everyone else in front of them was winning, too. A couple things there. Um, You win a game right now, you gain an inch. You lose a game right now, 
you lose a foot. Um, and, and now you can take a deeper dive into some of the wins that they've had. Let's go back about two and a half weeks ago or so to Ottawa. It takes them until less than two or three seconds left on the clock to win that game. Now you look at the Blackhawks game just a week and a half ago, down three, down three goals, and it takes to overtime to win that game. You look at the Vancouver game over the weekend, had a nice lead, all of a sudden that evaporates. Yes, they got the win, which was huge. Yes, that was a five-game winning streak, which was huge. All of a sudden, Vancouver wakes up and says, hey, we're not dead yet. We're going to give you everything we got. And Vegas doesn't show up. Let's talk about the shoddy defense. Uh, For the most part, the defense was out of position. They allowed yet another Horvat breakaway. Of course, Leonard stopped all three uh, in the two games. The turnovers, the turnovers. You know, VGK has committed a ton of turnovers during the stretch. But the defense has more or less bailed them out. Uh, But this team, again, you know, tonight, uh, or should say on Wednesday night, uh, they were not in position to win. Uh, The turnovers were just so sloppy. Uh, And there was the one goal where Kolasar was just out of position where they showed us between periods on the video. And White Cloud, uh, he turns the puck over, kicks the puck, and then they score the first goal for uh, Vancouver. Um, you know, White Cloud had the tough go of things. Uh, McNabb in the penalty box, two silly penalties, and there were two power play goals uh, for Vancouver. And Alec Martinez also uh, had that really bad uh, turnover yeah. for the Golden Knights. And that's a part of their game that they absolutely uh, have to clean up. And you would think that they wouldn't make those types of mistakes at this time of the season. Yeah, I mean, when you're watching those experienced players making those mistakes, you know, definitely radiates across the ice. And, you know, like I said, I mean, if if there's going to be a positive, it all happened in one game, right? It all happened in one game. And hopefully this will spark the wake-up call because, you know, looking down the line, looking at the scenarios for the standings and such, you know, the the wild card, that's all of a sudden – Looks not nothing is impossible, but we're down three games in hand to Nashville and Dallas, who each have one and two more points respectively than us. So now we're looking up at the um, up at the Pacific Division standings, and Edmonton and the and uh, Los Angeles. At least the games in hand are all within one of each other, and we're down four and five points right now. Looking at that side, yes, the glass is still half full. You need another five-game winning streak, and you got to take care of uh, take care of the puck on your side of the ice first and foremost. And uh, we're going to step aside. And coming up next, should Robin Leonard have been pulled during this embarrassing loss? You are listening to Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Master Championship odds the podcast that they have, reviews for all the different leagues this season, much, much more. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports now, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen. 
It's free and available on all platforms. For your next listen, you should check out Locked On Now, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, and that is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick from Las Vegas, and it was a difficult loss for the Golden Knights on Wednesday night. And I want to talk about Robin Leonard. Uh, when I looked at his uh, stats in the game, he had uh, there were 31 shots on goal. He had 26 saves. How many of those shots on net do you think uh, that were goals? How many goals do you think uh, were attributed directly to Leonard? I could probably say one. How about you? One of the five. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple ways to look at that. Um, the first power play goal, the shot from the point, there's a juicy rebound sitting there. and They don't, you know, the traffic isn't cleared in front. Maybe if he could have, A, smothered the puck, or B, kicked it out to the corner. Um, everything else is left to right, two-on-ones, giveaways directly in front of him. Sure, you need your goalie to make a big save or a couple of big saves each game. And he did not do that either to be, to be completely fair. Um, Same breath. What difference does it make? The outcome is going to be the same, whether he makes two or three amazing saves, we're only going to lose that game, maybe three or four to one at that point. Yeah. So after uh, the VGK was trailing four to one uh, in the second through two periods, I had tweeted out pull Robin (laughs) Leonard. Of course, uh, you know, that doesn't sit well with half the fan base, right? Because, you know, 50% like Leonard and the other 50% don't. 70-30. Yeah, the defense, 70-30 on a night like Wednesday. Uh, uh, The defense, you know, was not good, as we mentioned. But I have to go back to the press conference, right, Chris, on Tuesday, where we heard Leonard say that he's not 100% and he needs to be 100% at this stage of the season. There is something still that did not look right with Leonard. He still is just lumbering and very slow to move around the net. And he also got hit again, I guess, on the collarbone area or near his neck uh, yep. with yet another shot, right? <laughs> he had a big old welt over there. But, you know, that's this one to me is on Pete DeBoer. And I felt that the Golden Knights should have uh, taken Leonard out of the game after two periods. He should have been removed from the cage. Logan Thompson should have come in because I went back to that game earlier this season, right? Yes. It was the Stars game, and VGK gives up three power play goals. They were so sloppy, turnovers and the like. It was reminiscent of the game on Wednesday night, and Robin Leonard got pulled because Pete, uh, Pete DeBoer said, you know, I can't pull every player on the team. I can't pull the other five uh, that were out on the ice, uh, but I can pull the goalie. VGK came back. They rallied in that game. It could have been a turning point. And I felt that at that juncture, and even you texted me, right? You <laughs> texted me after the second period. We're going to see Thompson in, in period number three. Yeah, so a couple things there. At first, uh, I responded to your tweet and said, you can't pull Leonard because this isn't his fault. You pull a goalie for one of two reasons. Reason A is they're not performing. They're not doing their job. They're not making the shots or not making the saves that they should make. Leonard was making all the saves he needed to make and maybe above and beyond on a couple here and there. The second reason you pull a goalie is for a spark. just And also to show respect to the goalie because the team is 
they are leaving them hanging out to dry. And that's exactly what happened in this one. So sure, Leonard would have a little bit of embarrassments and would feel terribly about being pulled from the game. But I think the players would absorb that weight even greater and say, you know, this is on us. This isn't on the goalie. Let's see if we can salvage something. Of course, the crowd would have also uh, thrown some support towards uh, Logan Thompson because, you know, we love to yell at Robin Leonard, right? He he makes an honest comment in the press conference yesterday, you know, about not being 100% as of yet, and he needs to be. Dober plays him, and, you know, look what happens today. Even though none – he could have saved one or two of those goals fine, but none of those goals are his fault that went in. But now because the comment that he made, another honest comment that gets passed around social media – it's used against them in the, the VGK fanfare court of law. I think on that Pedersen goal, I have to believe, you know, go back to the show a day ago. Uh-huh. I really do believe that Leonard was looking at a hamburger in the stands. I really oh, do. <laughs> I, Poor Leonard. I mean, I just, I felt bad for Leonard because he was hung out to dry in the game, but by the same token, uh, you know, you should not worry about, someone's ego at this stage of the season right now you are in a play you're you know you're in a playoff race and for the golden knights i don't care who i hurt you know mentally or whatever you're gonna have to get over it and you're gonna have to give up everything you can at this juncture of the season for the team this isn't peewee hockey everyone does not deserve the right to play and i do support that statement um the best 18 skaters or 17 or 16, depending on the salary cap situation, but the best 18 skaters and the best starting goalie at the moment needs to be out there. An argument can certainly be made for Logan Thompson is the best starting goalie we have. Going back to Leonard's comment about not being 100%, is he not 100% because he's getting past an injury? Is he not 100% because he's just not in game shape? The only way you can get yourself in game shape is to play. That's the Rubik's Cube that, uh, you know, Dober and company need to uh, figure out, and they got to figure out because we got 10 games to get about another 16 points, or we're going to be at Bears best in about, uh, you know, three weeks. And that's for sure. And again, that configuration, 11 forwards, Chris, seven defensemen, that only works when your defense is playing well. Okay, you have more ammunition, uh, from your blue liners and you know they're going to pinch and try to score but they're also going to get back and play defensively uh, should they go back to the, the normal alignment that's my question and that's a fair a very fair question uh, Dylan Coglin, his job is going to simply be power play minutes and an occasional spell in the event one of the top six you know either is injured needs an extra shift off or just Coglin might be able to give a spark that someone like Hutton or White Cloud might not be able to. Having, having four lines being able to roll right now, yes, that would be very nice. But I don't know how much of a difference that does make because we are double shifting Jack Eichel right now. Uh, 20 minutes, 38 seconds, led the team uh in ice time and he looked great out there i mean i know we'll talk a little more about that later but 
Eichel looked great out there in every shift he was out there and except when he had to stick around uh, Pedersen's waist when he scored a goal on him. Um, Stevenson was logging some minutes uh, with Lecision and Ronberg and looked okay down there. Yeah, I don't he, he double shifted, the right? Too? Yeah, Stevenson that, double shifted as well. Those I saw Stevenson double shifting uh, later on. I saw him shift Nick Wah up to the first line along with Eichel at one point. So they were they were spinning the dials as, as well as they could. But at that point, there was two things happening. Vancouver was just sitting on the blue line waiting for us. And, of course, the ghost of uh, Demko just uh, appears again as every shot left to right he's making. Unfortunately, his counterpart, every shot left to right was not being made. Okay, so power play opportunities. So now, again, uh, on that road swing, 0 for 11, power play opportunities and uh, the last time they scored a power play goal was in the Chicago game the Golden Knights and uh, they were 0 for 3 on Wednesday night and so now 0 for their last last 14 and uh, the 5 on 3 it just does not it it doesn't look organized and again you just have players standing around the only one that's moving is Jack Eichel yes we'll talk more about his uh, semi heroics in the game but I got to tell you, like, what, what can they do with this power play unit to give them a spark now? Because they're going to need them to step it up as well. I mean, the 11-7 trick with uh, Dylan Coughlin trying to be the power play savior might not exactly uh, be what it is. Um, I think it's something in the coaching. I think it's something in the practice and the preparation. The power play was one of the first comments addressed from everybody in the exit interviews last year. And as the season was getting started this year, preseason rookie camp and everything when our staff was together, everything that was being mentioned was around the power play. And they had a nice run around December and January for or December for a little bit. And then January, everything went South. You know, it's, it's not looking good right now. And if they can't get the power play going, Scoring five on five is nearly impossible right now. You got to find a way to to get a couple of those, hopefully, freebies from the power play, and I think that's on coaching right now. Yeah, once again, VGK with a devastating loss as they fall to the Canucks five to one. And coming up next, we'll talk more about Jack Eichel as he scores his tenth goal of the season. You are listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, and thanks for making us your first listen every day. It is free and available on all platforms. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick. And Chris, Jack Eichel had the only VGK goal in the loss. He celebrated as though he put the first shot in net, and then surprisingly, the rebound just comes back out to him. Does he have a magnet on his stick or what? And then he scores the goal, double sellies, double celebrations. And Eichel was by far the best player on the ice for the Golden Knights on Wednesday night. I'm glad you mentioned the early celebration. So something, and this isn't just hockey, it's going to be uh, football to a degree when there's uh, a near touchdown or soccer when there's a near score. At a very young age, once players start competing in more competitive levels of sports outside of the house league stuff, when something close happens, these coaches, real young, are telling these guys, these guys and gals, I should say, pardon me, they're telling the players that start celebrating, start celebrating. The ref might, you know, might, might blow it dead and call a touchdown for you. 
And I think that's kind of what happened with the Eichel situation there. And we're fortunate that uh, the goal or that the referee was right in position, right there, immediately waved it off, didn't take uh, Jack Eichel's bait, so to speak, and blow the play dead. Because if he blows that play dead and initiates a review, then Jack Eichel's uh, magnetic stick where the puck just uh, gravitates to, he doesn't get the rebound and put that second goal in. I was I was so shocked. It was just miraculous that it just came back out to him. And then he puts it in, and then he does the double pump with his fist and all of that. And uh, a great all-around game, I think, uh, for Jack Eichel. Had to be very frustrated because he gets that uh, that first goal of the night. We thought that that would be important, but the turning point of the game was the two goals in 17 seconds for Vancouver. Uh, some of what Eichel did, four hits on the night. That hit on Dermott was a pretty good one in the contest. And then he even tried to hit someone with his stick, which I thought was awesome. Uh, can this guy fight with the, you know, with the broken neck and all? And then he also drew the penalty, right, Chris, on yeah. JT Miller, where we saw the acceleration of Jack Eichel. That's the thing. He's just gliding. And then all of a sudden he's gone. And uh, good play by Miller to save a goal. Yeah, so that was that was a great play. Um, not much there. It starts inside the blue line, and you see Eichel accelerating. He doesn't look like he's flying. He's definitely not Connor McDavid or any other speed burner as far as that goes, but he did just get low, got the puck on his backhand, and the defender had to make the slash there and take away a, a large chunk of his scoring chance, and Rightfully so, because putting us on the power play is definitely a, a, a positive EV situation for our foes lately. Um, looking more at Eichel's game, and you might have said the hit already, but right after the third goal was scored tonight by Vancouver, Eichel immediately plows someone in the corner, just trying to get that spark, trying to get that energy. And when he's out there, he's creating chances. He's got the puck on a string. He's not moving his feet a lot. It reminds me a little bit of, of, of Mario Lemieux, actually. Mario Lemieux never looked like he was going too fast with the puck, and he was just gliding all the time. But he's gliding in and out of players and either getting a scoring chance or setting something up for someone else. Every time Eichel is on the ice on the offensive side, it seems like opportunities are being created. Now going a bit deeper – Almost 400 games played. He's a lifetime minus 67, almost a point a game per player. With VGK, he's a plus two right now. Small sample size, obviously better team around him. But point being, we're really getting a chance to see how he can contribute on both sides of the ice. He does forecheck. He does skate hard. He plays as much defense as he can. And that was on display with the turnover where he got the, got the semi-breakaway and drew the penalty. Yeah, 10 goals since March the 8th for Jack Eichel. Jonathan Marchessault had a couple of opportunities, one on the deflection, and that hit the, the crossbar, I think, up top, and um, that was about it for the Golden Knights. Marchessault had another opportunity. Um, you know, the one stat also that stood out, uh, Keegan Colasar, we talked about the defensive laps, but he did have 10 hits in the game uh, in his return for the Golden Knights. And where has the Donoff been? Uh, you know, the last four games now, he's not played very well. He hasn't done much for the Golden Knights. Trade that guy. Trade him now. Yeah, tra- trade that bum. What were we, what were we thinking <laughs> there? <laughs> right. Such, such a weird thing. And goals, 
Goals are fluky, though. He's in position all the time. He's got Jack Eichel getting the puck down to him. It's it's fluky. He had an awesome run, and now Preston a little bit, squeezing that stick a little bit harder, as I said, you know, last time we talked about this. And goals come in lumps. Look at the amount of goals that we scored in the last few games, you know, against Seattle, against Chicago and stuff like that. And then a game like tonight, when the wheels completely come off, still had some scoring chances. But then Thatcher Demko just saves every two-on-one possible and every scoring opportunity. You got to hope we can get a nice layup against uh, Arizona over the weekend and start a new streak. They're going to have to start a new streak. And Jack Eichel, after the game, said that uh, VGK understands the situation that they're in and they need to be desperate. And Pete DeBoer said that it's very disappointing. And the team had played some good hockey up to the date, but he was really disappointed as well. And it's something that they really need to rebound from. But, you know, you can play better defensively. You could have uh, good goaltending. And that was a key that Pete DeBoer pointed to uh, coming down the stretch. But the thing that concerns me most is, again, there's a lull with just a lack of concentration um, again, you know, paying attention to all those details, like, right, uh, Chris, that Pete DeBoer always talks about, and, like, they just need to come out and play inspired. They were not inspired from the get-go in the game. No motivation for the Golden Knights. We've seen this before, and now, at this point of the season, they need to be fired up every time, and, and they're back at home after a three-game road trip. Did they just think they were going to step on the ice and, and win? There's something funny about that first game back from the road trip. Not sure what or why, and I'm sure there's, you know, a better media person who would have some statistics to give you about about stuff like that. But just something strange about that first game back from a road trip where the home team seems to be up against it a little bit more. I don't know if it's just kind of getting back to the everyday life, distractions of the family, just being comfortable with your surroundings. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it doesn't matter at this point because you can't have an effort like this. That's the perfect way to say that in January, when the injuries just seemed nearly impossible to overcome, you can take a different perspective, mail this one in guys. It's tough. All the games are adding up. The injuries are there, but this really minus, you know, stone is about the healthiest the team has been missing Riley Smith and patch ready hurts out. Obviously, the defense is largely intact. We've even got seven of them now. We're really only missing Nick Haig back there. And hopefully when, when he returns, that'll get that back to our regular 6-12 uh, spread. But no excuses. You have to beat a team like Vancouver right now. You could argue next week when we go to Calgary and Edmonton for those two games, sure, if we're down some horses, tough, tough, tough games to win. Not against Vancouver, not against a team who is all but mathematically eliminated at this point. Now, all of a sudden, that gap is a little bit smaller with Vancouver again. Who's going to think they got a shot still to do something? Yeah, uh, yeah. everyone is just coming and coming. And uh, it's just what's incredible is that the teams ahead of VGK just keep winning. And they had a graphic on the screen during the game on Wednesday night that showed, like, even Calgary is 10 points during this five-game uh, road uh, winning streak for I mean, for the Golden Knights. Not road winning streak, but five-game win streak that was broken on, on Wednesday night. Yeah, looking, looking ahead to tomorrow's games, hopefully we can get 
get something. I mean, Nashville's in Ottawa. That's not looking good for us. Looking at the other games that matter to us, Toronto and Dallas, uh, Toronto, who knows if they're how many goals are going to score that game or how many they're going to give up. But I mean, Toronto could score six goals and lose that game just as easily the way things have been going for them. Vancouver's going to be at a back-to-back in Arizona. Back-to-backs are hard. I don't care who you're playing. But the game that circled tomorrow night for us is Edmonton and Los Angeles. That game is going to be in Los Angeles. I don't care who wins that game. It needs to be a two-point game, not a three-point game. Yeah, that is on Thursday night uh, coming up on the, uh, the NHL lineup on the schedule. And it's, again, it's a pretty exciting time if you're, and it's going to be a time for VGK to scoreboard watch once again. And perhaps, you know, those games, Chris, on Tuesday night where all three of the contenders won. I was watching that Edmonton game late. It was just amazing. And McDavid with the breakaway and uh, the game winning goal in OT. And that could, that that could, that could definitely uh, hurt the psyche of the Golden Knights. That's the one thing that I thought about as well is like, what else do we have to do? We're winning games, but we're not making up any ground. And so we'll see how this plays out. And coming up on Friday's show, we'll take a look at the game against Arizona coming up at the Fortress on Saturday night as, uh, once again, the Golden Knights will try to bounce back. And for uh, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco, and we thank you all for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen. And for your second listen, check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with the host, Steele Roden, and Flip Livingstone, as they will help you to become the expert of your fantasy team. We thank you all for tuning in. Again, for Chris Golick, Tony Cardasco here, saying so long from Las Vegas. You have been listening to Locked On Golden Knights.